0: This week, uh, filling in for Quincy, who has some family stuff going on, is a writer, uh, internet personality, uh, cook, painter, uh, haberdasher, I assume. Uh, Sarah Gailey, how's it going? Hi, how's it going? Good. Uh, Tell me about your haberdashery. Um,
1: I I do that only in secret. And if you want to buy your way into my haberdasher room, uh, it's going to cost you and the cost cannot be paid in money.
0: I am excited and terrified. Um, what, all right, what ghoul shit uh, have you been up to lately? Or if not ghoul shit, how's things? What, what have you been up to?
1: I just got home from a 10-day road trip uh, between LA and Portland mm-hmm. uh, that you were with me on. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> where we mm-hmm. uh, officiated, decorated, cooked for, and generally coordinated the wedding of two of the best people I know, mm-hmm. our friends Carrie and Elizabeth who are wives now
0: Ayy hey.
1: and you have uh,
0: you have bewived them
1: we also had a, some crazy adventures along the way.
0: We did. I, I also really want to point out, I think the ghoul shit um, portion of that trip was the fact that the place where um, you were officiating the wedding, the venue had gotten changed due to vermin in the previous one, uh, uh, unspecified vermin.
1: Uh, some manner of infestation. I'm going to guess heterosexuals in the woodwork.
0: One can only assume. Um, but the, the venue that we'd gotten switched to, what was amazing about it was that it was a, a, the decor was like a combination of Christian stuff and nautical stuff.
1: Yeah, it was very Surf Jesus.
0: It was Surf Jesus, yeah. Um, And, uh, like, that was, like, what was amazing about it was you would get, like, a weird fish with, like, it looked like spiders coming out of its eyes with the word grace underneath it. (laughs) And you could kind of tell, like, this was one of the points where they're like, I don't fucking, just put grace under the fish. We gotta decorate this place.
1: Listen, the Lord's grace extends even unto little fishes with spiders coming out of their eyes.
0: I think that was in Deuteronomy.
1: I'm going to say the, the ghoul shit portion of that trip for me was the, the Airbnb that we stayed in in Portland, which is the most haunted place I've ever stayed. It was fucking terrifying. Um, I had a very bad time. You did. But, uh, listeners of this podcast will probably appreciate that there was a closet in my bedroom. And as we were leaving the next morning, I noticed a big extension cord going into that closet and I intrepidly decided to investigate. You fool. And see where that extension cord went. And I'll tell you where it went. It went inside of a second door inside that closet. And the structure of the house was such that that second door could really only have led into the attic. And I sure the fuck did not open it.
0: Well, that's... Listen, you were you were a hop and a skip from going, hello? And then just getting your head snapped off by a giant crab or something. <laughs>
1: Who's there?
0: <laughs> Billy? Um, now, what was also um, ghoulish about this trip was the fact that apparently in Portland, they've, they've got this law that's like, you can't uh, just rent out your Airbnb if you don't also stay on the premises somehow. Like, which, which makes sense in theory that, like, you know, you don't want a bunch of fucking empty houses that are getting Airbnb'd and there's, like, a homeless population that has nowhere to go and, meanwhile, they've got all these empty houses. Uh, but the house we were staying at, they were in the basement. This was a whole-ass family living in the basement while we were above them.
1: It, like, it was simultaneously very sad because it's, like, you own this house and you're having to live in the basement. Like, that sucks. Right. And also... Awful because we could hear their baby crying through the vents. <laughs> and I gotta tell you, when a house is already spooky, hearing a baby softly crying through the vents, mm-hmm. uh, fucking terrifying. And also, like, you know, then we feel like we're, we were like, well, we don't want to walk around or talk or do anything because if there's a baby sleeping downstairs, we don't want to be the assholes who wake up the baby.
0: Yeah, we don't, you know, you don't want to like get out a dog whistle and drive the baby crazy. Like, this is well, and also. The fact that there was a baby downstairs coming through the vents, it felt like a fucking David Lynch movie.
1: Uh, additional spooky scare that happened at that house was, uh, the morning after the haunted evening when I went to wash the cold sweat off of my face in the bathroom and I grabbed a a dry washcloth to dry my face and it turned out that there was a spider inside the washcloth.
0: Oh, God. When, when did you find out that there was a spider in the washcloth?
1: You'll never guess.
0: No, 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 no. when
1: his... Little paws were caressing my face.
0: How about it? Uh,
1: extraordinarily bad. A bad time, but...
0: You got, you got eight high, f- high fives <laughs> on your face.
1: But a great trip overall, and I'm so hyped to be home. Tinkerbell is mm-hmm. ecstatic that we've returned.
0: She is snoozing on the couch right now with a blanket over her, and she sort of looks like a little babushka.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's grandmama. Uh, how will she survive the winter when her daughters are ugly and her sons are foolish?
0: Her foolish sons gave away the one turnip they had.
1: They gave it away in exchange for a mud puddle.
0: What are we even eating? We can't eat mud... I mean... Okay. No! Uh, we, we can. We can eat mud puddles. Grandma
1: Mock makes delicious mud puddle soup, but right. it will not be enough to last the winter.
0: No, the, the harsh Los Angeles winter. Yeah. Um. So let's... All right. Holy shit. Let's get into the the, uh, the first movie we're doing for this episode. So um, we watched uh witchcraft classic uh, from 1996 the craft um this movie whips ass it's so fucking great i fucking love the craft the craft was um this was the movie that i had i had never seen it as a teenager but i had the soundtrack for some reason i feel like of course you fucking did yeah 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 like basically every song on the soundtrack sounds like they're doing an impersonation of the jesus and mary chain um and it's great like i had i had this soundtrack and i had the crow soundtrack uh, when I was a kid, which I've also realized, this is the reason I can't totally like bury Generation X as a concept. Because when I was a kid, I wanted to be a Gen Xer so bad.
1: Oh yeah, we all did. I mean, they were they were so cool, and they understood how to wear crop tops in a way that I didn't
0: ever mm-hmm. really get the hang of. You know what it is? They all shopped from the Delia's catalog.
1: Oh man! And I
0: respected their power.
1: I used to pine for the day when I would be old enough to shop from the DeLias catalog, mm. and then by the time I got there, it was Abercrombie and Fitch, and I was like, "What the fuck happened to the world?" You know. You
0: know, by the time you get to the good part of the champagne, the fizz is gone. You know. What? <laughs> like the bloom of youth had faded by the time I'm that sorry, you were able you
1: to. Sorry, are you saying that like it's a saying that people say?
0: <laughs> no, no. I'm just saying that because Have you
1: had champagne
0: before. <laughs> of course I've had cham i am I d I'm I've had the the sparkle wine. No. What
1: do you think is the good part of the champagne? For some Are you reason, drinking champagne in layers?
0: For some reason the little man behind the computer in my brain <laughs> just then was like, mm, go with a champagne related metaphor to relate to the Delia's catalog.
1: You know, they put the good champagne at the bottom of the bottle. That's where they keep it. And you gotta scrape through the top few layers first uh, to get to it.
0: Yeah, the film. That's you know, you go into a, a champagne bar, you say, you know, this is all very nice but where's the good stuff? And they bring you like a syrup.
1: I also want to know about these champagne bars you somehow have information on. You know,
0: you go to a champagne bar where they, there's like one guy, he's actually the bartender from The Shining.
1: And all he has is champagne, but he doesn't want to give you the good stuff.
0: No, no, he has exactly one bottle of champagne. It's a very, it's a very single use bar, I think.
1: How's this business model working?
0: Um, don't worry. Don't worry about champagne, Jim. He's got a bottle of champagne and a dream.
1: And you can't have any of the champagne.
0: No, 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 no. But he is
1: turning a profit.
0: He's oh, hand over fist every 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 month. So with the craft, um, uh, the movie uh, stars a character whose name I forgot throughout the runtime of this film. Whose name is Sarah, which I felt embarrassed about because your name is Sarah. But the thing is, you're a memorable Sarah. You're like a Sarah with like moxie and and and. Uh,
1: I'm sorry. Can we please highlight that her name is Sarah Bailey?
0: Oh my God, S- this sounds like a bad nom de plume you would have. Her Sarah Bailey,
1: one letter off from my name, and you couldn't remember it. fair you are Yes, up. yes,
0: it's me, the famous witch, Farrah Grayley. <laughs> and she, and so she, so fucking Sarah Bailey, uh, moves from the Bay Area to Los Angeles. Oh,
1: interesting, interesting, interesting. A move.
0: Fuck me from the Bay Area. To to Los Los Angeles. Angeles. San Francisco. San Francisco. It's not Portland like where you lived before you moved in. In Los Angeles.
1: Right, 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 right. So it's different. And it is different from Oakland where I lived for so many years before the...
0: Right, right, right.
1: Ten months that I lived in Portland. Yeah,
0: but fucking plot twist. Sarah Bailey (laughs) moves to Los Angeles with her father and stepmother who are definitely part of this film probably. They're there. You know, she's in high school um, they move into a palatial fucking house.
1: Oh, there's so much stucco oh in my that God. house.
0: It is It is the stucco sprawl. And it's also, um, to, commu- to communicate that it's like, oh, it's a bit of a fixer-upper, like... It's still a big house from a 90s teen horror movie, so it's still fucking huge and well-appointed, but also there's a leak in the roof.
1: Leak in the roof, big wrought iron staircase. Uh, mm-hmm. Some interior decorator decided that this was what Spanish Revival meant. Yeah. And they had a budget of $400 billion, but they had to spend half of it on styrofoam.
0: So candles. They, I would say the candle budget of this movie, pretty big.
1: Significant. They probably had, like, a candle wrangler to make sure that (laughs) no candles were harmed.
0: Right. There was actually a member of the Yankee Candle Corporation who had to be on set every day to verify that uh, none of the black candles were being hurt. Um, So Sarah Sarah Bailey is a witch. Uh, Also, uh, When We Were Magic by uh, author Sarah Gailey goes on sale on March 3rd and is no relation to the uh, 1996 movie The Craft starring a character named Sarah Bailey. Uh,
1: I mean... It does happen to star a group of teen girl witches who
0: Mm -hmm. uh, murder a boy. But,
1: you know, like, we only just referenced The Craft in, like, all of the marketing material. It's no, it's no relation. Don't worry about
0: (laughs) it. Which, by the way, I love that you had never seen The Craft until recently. Like, you wrote, you wrote a whole ass book about teen witches. And I was like, oh, were you inspired by The Craft? And you're like, I don't know what that is. I don't know that.
1: This happened with uh, American Hippo, too, which is the first uh, series of books that I ever wrote, which is like a Pulp Western, and I had never seen Tombstone. And when we finally watched Tombstone, I was like, huh, River of Teeth is basically Tombstone fanfiction.
0: Yeah, and Doc Holliday is basically Hero.
1: Yep. Anyway. Anyway. uh, So they move into this house, and it's quote-unquote a fixer-upper. We find out that uh, Sarah Bailey... No relation. Attempted suicide, and they're, they've are they moved here to have a great new start for their family. Yeah,
0: I'm actually surprised that the dad didn't announce, but we got a great deal on this house, and it'll be a great new start for our family. Um, the He's st- doing his best. He is doing his best. The stepmom is kind of a non-character, I think. Like, she's there, but it's just sort of like, hi, I'm the person who's here to remind you that your mom died.
1: Yeah, huge bummer for that stepmom that, like, the presence of the dead birth mom is... Mm-hmm one of the most important things in Sarah Bailey's life. Like mm-hmm. she's, you know, and this isn't to say that you shouldn't be like remembering and, and paying Morning. attention to your dead mom. Right. But it's very like, Hey, I'm here. I'm your stepmom, I'm nice to you. And it's like, Oh yeah, great. Thanks. You're not ever going to replace the mother I had that I didn't meet that died. When I was born.
0: Well, yeah. And like her mom is basically the tree from Disney's Pocahontas throughout (laughs) this movie. Just like an unwavering source of support and wisdom.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So we get a great first day of school uh, moment, which I love from this this generation of films where someone walks on the campus and you get to see all the different groups of teens. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. There's like cool music playing, some acoustic guitar. Uh, maybe like a like a pop hit from the time, and you get to see groups of like nerds and uh, jocks, and the jocks are throwing a ball at each other, and which is like, how you know the burnouts who are all kind of vaguely like white rastafarian types. And that's one of my favorite. It's one of my favorite moments in teen movies from
0: this time period. Uh, absolutely, disturbing behavior does a big scene with that as well. Like I feel like every teen movie during this period. Um, It makes me think of that line from Heather's where it's like, uh, where JD is about to blow up the school and he's like, heaven is the only place where all these groups could ever actually get along.
1: I mean, I think 10 Things I Hate About You has one of the most iconic ones where Mm -hmm. you've actually got an explicit tour of, you know, here's who those kids are, here's who those kids are. Mm -hmm. Mean Girls kind of did a little, uh, snarky version of that. Right. Um, but it's just great. It's great. She comes to school Mm -hmm. and she walks into the school and, uh... There's some girls at that school,
0: mm, and uh, they're uh, played by uh, Nev Campbell and fucking Faruza Balk and Rachel True, and they are um, they are there. Um, Nev Campbell, uh, we are meant to think I, somehow that Nev Campbell is homely. It's so
1: great. She like slouches and has her hair in front of her face, and she's kind of shy. Right. And you know the movie's like, look how ugly she is. Ew, <laughs> look at Neve how hideous Nev
0: Campbell in 1996
1: is. She's bringing a great performance. Love Nev Campbell. Oh yeah, fucking you know ph- phenomenal acting. We're
0: always happy when Nev Campbell's here. Like I feel like I imprinted on Nev Campbell like a baby duck when I was a kid watching Scream. And so, like, anytime that I see Nev Campbell, I giggle and clap like a circus seal. Mm-hmm. Um, but so yeah, her thing is that she is covered in burn marks uh, and uh, on her back and shoulders, and she's like got a really bad self-esteem and her hair is greasy and it's in front of her face. Um, and the, 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 you, you've also got a uh, Rachel true in the mix who is, uh, she's dealing with a racist Marsha Brady.
1: Yeah. It's actually like, I was very, this, uh, this might come out weird. I was very pleased to see this in the movie because this is a very affluent white school mm-hmm. and you've got, a black character who's one of the only black people in the school as far as we can see. Mm -hmm. And she was facing some bullying and I was like, is this movie going to try and pretend that she's not getting bullied because this person's racist? And then uh, Marcia Brady sure does come right out and use the word negroid.
0: It's a lot. It is is a lot.
1: It's uh, there's something about that like the n-word is awful and reprehensible and racist. People using more old-timey slurs like that feels like another level of racism to me because yeah. it's like you are digging deep. She's got a phrenology textbook in her locker. <laughs> yeah. She wants to talk about you know blood percentages. Yeah. The,
0: like, yeah, she's like climbing up a tree to be extra racist when she could just stand on the ground and be normal racist.
1: Yeah. And I really respect that this film was like, "Oh yeah, no, this is this is virulent racism." And it is violent. You've got this really pretty blonde girl who's being like, you know, the reason I'm so mean to you is because I hate black people.
0: Right. That's my, that's my whole thing as a character is just that I'm mean to black people. And so, um, you know, everybody's got their problems. And then Faruza Balk, who... Oof. Fuck, yes, Faruza Balk in The Craft. Um, she is a, a revelation in this fucking movie. Um, Faruza Balk plays Nancy who uh, is made primarily of eyeballs and teeth um
1: she is like if a uh, spider on a hot plate that's been cursed to live as a teenage girl
0: <laughs> yeah she just dancing and screaming and just like huge I, like her her screen presence is upsetting
1: in a good way you use that as a compliment
0: oh yeah like her, a, as a deep compliment yeah her
1: screen presence is it's I mean, she's, like, the only person on screen. Also, uh, Tinkerbell has commenced snoring, so if that's coming through on the mic, congratulations, listeners. You've
0: been blessed. I I keep trying to, like, nudge her, like, hey, stop snoring, but she will resume snoring very shortly. Um, But so, for thing is that her home life is shit. Uh, Her mom is married to, uh, like, picture a shitty dude, and that's what he looks like.
1: Yeah, it, her her stepfather is the worst man who ever lived, and her mom is an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, these three girls are, are best friends, and they are witches, um, and they start talking about how they need to find their fourth, and coincidentally, that's when Sarah Bailey shows up on the scene.
0: <laughs> We're going to be calling her Sarah Bailey full name every time, right? Oh,
1: absolutely. Okay.
0: Um, and so she comes on the scene, and Nev Campbell notices her, like, pulling... Uh, a stupid uh trick with like the the pencil in class where she's just like sort of spinning it and like she cuz she's bored in class so I'm she's sorry, like
1: sorry a stupid trick she's fucking telekinetic she's that's true she's got the pencil balanced on its point and she's not touching it and she's slowly rotating it using the powers of her mind
0: you're right actually fuck me fuck a my drag a
1: stupid pencil spinning trick well, i
0: mean for values of you 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 can you, you have unspecified witch powers that never fully get describe, which I actually love that they're super nebulous about what it is witches can do in this movie or like whether they need incantations or like what the bounds of it are. But I love that this is just the thing that you have that's like, oh, okay, so she's a witch. Like she can do telekinesis.
1: If you were bored, Mm -hmm. I, I mean, listen, you're a great drummer. Oh, sure. And when you're bored, you are flipping those pencils around between your hands like the world is ending. That if is you're true. a witch and you have telekinetic powers and you have the ability to sit in your French class while some doofus boys are talking about how much they fucked over the summer.
0: Including Breck and Meyer, by the way. To be sure. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you're gonna rotate a pencil using your brain.
0: You're absolutely right. Actually, I take I take back the the phrase stupid trick uh, in reference to that thing. I, If I could rotate a pencil with the power of my brain, I would never stop. Um, but yeah, so this class has... Uh, Brecken Meyer and his adorable nose, uh, which I love. That his thing is just that he's like an affable stoner in everything.
1: Yeah, it's a really good typecasting.
0: Yeah, and then also too, we got bad '90s boyfriend Skeet Ulrich on, on the scene, smoldering, shooting you those baby browns.
1: Mm, dreamboat, bad news.
0: Yeah, dreamboat, bad news, and he, um, so he sort of uh, clocks uh, Sarah Bailey. Um, sitting in class, and he's like, hey, I, I, I bet I could mistreat her. And
1: Nancy also clocks her in class, uh, Balk. Um So he clocks her and is like, I wonder if, like, you know, hey, you look vulnerable. <laughs> Let's hang out. <laughs> uh, and- hey, I can
0: see your internal organs. Let's do this.
1: And Nancy clocks her and is like, you're a fucking witch. Come be a witch with me and my witch
0: friends. Yeah, come hang out and do witch shit. Um, and so... They're hanging out, and which by the way, at the top of the movie, um, when they get into their um, fixer-upper mansion with the hole, uh, there's a hole in my roof, Um, a homeless guy with a snake just knocks on the door, and is like, here, I brought you this snake, and Sarah Billy's like, what the fuck? And then they get rid of him. Um, uh, Snake guy finds them later while she's hanging out with uh, the, the coven. And he's like, Do you want a snake? And she's like, Ah! And like, she runs away. And then,
1: which really bad reaction because if someone is just offering you a snake, listen, free snake. Take the snake. Yeah. You got a free snake. What are we you got doing? A free snake. His snakes seem very nice. He's got some really fancy snakes.
0: Yeah, like these aren't these aren't bullshit snakes either. These are like nice snakes.
1: Guy shows up at my house and walks in to offer me a snake. I'm gonna be like, Excuse me, no, thank you. I beg your pardon. But guy on the street comes up with a snake. That's like better than a cat call.
0: It's a good day. Yeah, you get snake more less fewer cat calls and more snake calls.
1: But the girls are all spooked about this snake man, and they cross the street to get away from him, and he follows them into the street and gets absolutely pasted by a car.
0: Yeah, he gets murderized by a car, and so I think, and so we're led to believe that like, oh, they all willed this guy to get hit by a car, which I, I think it's actually left vague whether or not they telekinetically led this guy to his death.
1: Yeah, it's that thing where, you know, like, you're willing yourself to find a parking spot, and you keep willing yourself to find a parking spot Mm -hmm. until you find it. But they are, there's no, like, oh, no, oh, God, we just saw a man die. Right. Here it is, like, hell yeah, we killed a man with our minds. We can do anything. (laughs)
0: Listen, Jake the Snake Roberts fell on some hard (laughs) times after the 80s, and he wound up in Los Angeles, and it was tragic. Um, but so they were like, holy shit, we have the power of life and death, like freeze frame high five. And, uh, so Sarah Bailey goes on a date with, um, bad 90s boyfriend, Skeet Ulrich, whose name is Chris. And, uh, they, they smooch and he is like a decent person on this date and he's not like a complete shit bastard.
1: It is kind of wild because he kisses her once, like, like a smooch the length of the Snap, I'm about to do. Done. It was smooch. a
0: it was chase little smooch.
1: And then he stands up and he's like, do you want to go get down with me? And she's like, uh, no.
0: I'm not, I'm not, no, 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 thank you. He's like, all right, whatever. And then he leaves. And then the next day, a classic teen movie moment, uh, Bad 90s Boyfriend Skidork was out here sort of spreading, spreading rumors about uh, having uh, boned down Sarah Bailey and uh, apparently he was like, oh, she's, she's terrible in bed. We fucked and I don't like her anymore.
1: Which is such a wild idea that a teen boy would be like, you're bad in bed? Like, I don't know about you, but when I was in high school, any teen boy would take any opportunity to be like, I'm fucking and it's great and I want more of it. All the time.
0: Yeah. Why would you talk yourself out of getting to touch a titty? Like you, you're like, uh, and also saying that anybody is bad in bed at this age, like, buddy, you are five years out from eating puddin' cups in the cafeteria. Like, what are we?
1: It is foolishness.
0: Yeah. Like what? Bad in. Bed. What are we? What are we doing?
1: I remember even when I was in high school, I would hear friends of mine being like, "Oh, like I hooked up with this guy and he had a small penis and didn't last very long." And I would be like, "Yeah, he's." 17 <laughs> and so are you what's your expectation
0: yeah like this is this is all the tutorial level for fucking like let's not get our let, let, let's not get ahead of ourselves like
1: nobody knows what they're
0: doing your primary i feel like your primary emotion at that age is just gr- gratitude if you're naked near a, n- another human being
1: that and terror that and terror and that's legit terror. So Chris was like, oh, we did intercourse and I didn't like it.
0: I did a fuck on her and it was bad. And
1: that should make her feel embarrassed. And she comes up to him and is like, hey, why did you do that? And he is like, I'm the guy that sucks.
0: Verbatim, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and he's just like, whatever. And then all of his friends are mean to her. Um, and so uh, they, so Sarah Bailey gets together with the coven and they all decide to start casting spells for stuff that they want. Um, You've got uh, uh, the fucking Fruisabalk is like, I want power. That would be really cool. Bonnie is like, I sure would like to have a self-esteem.
1: I wish that I was as pretty as Nev Campbell.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. uh, God, can you imagine?
1: I'm sorry, but... if you look like a
0: young Nev Campbell, can you even... Yeah. Seeing
1: Nev Campbell wish for beauty, I was like, what are we talking about? (laughs) It's
0: incredible. And uh, Rochelle is like, I want that weird racist asshole to get fucked over somehow, maybe. And um, so Sarah Bailey uh, casts a love spell, which, by the way, don't do that. It never ends well.
1: Just don't cast love spells. Just don't, If you, if the person doesn't love you already, right. pull out your phone, open up Tinder.
0: Yeah. Find someone else.
1: Find someone else. Yep. It, you, you just don't have to do that. Like, if someone doesn't love you already, they suck.
0: Listen, say what you will about this planet. There are 7 billion people on it. Like, if if, if one person doesn't like you, you can just, like, figure it out.
1: In fairness, I think that Sarah Bailey right. wants a bad boyfriend... Skidoric. Skidoric. Yeah.
0: um
1: To love her so that he'll feel bad.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Which is, like... Which is, I've been there which is fair yeah I've been there where I'm like oh I want this person to you know pine after me so that they'll suffer but yeah but it's, just, it's that's a pretty fucked up way to have someone love you like to be like I want you to love me only so that I can break your heart
0: yeah which, yeah, that, that's, honestly, though, that tracks with, like, some, like, teen girl shit, where it's just, like, you were going to murder somebody's spirit.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> like,
0: you were just, like, you know what would really please me is if you dragged your dick through broken glass and then I can slap you in the face. Yeah. That would rule.
1: You know, there's a, there's a thing that this movie has to say about the mm-hmm. institutional powerlessness of teen girls and, you know, the, like the way that society treats teen girls. Society shits on teen girls all the time. That's why people thought that the Beatles were nothing until they decided to suck the Beatles' dicks forever. Well,
0: until dudes with beards uh, decided that they actually really liked the Beatles. Yeah,
1: and so, you know, there's this thing about the relationship between teen girls and magic and witchcraft um, where it's a way to claim power that everyone is denying you all the time. Everyone is like, the only power you can have is the power to arouse grown men who tell you that that's powerful of you and not predatory of them. Yep. And so for teen girls, the ability to be like, oh, maybe I can have some power and control in my life is, you know, it's really appealing. And the ability to take this boy who is being horrible to you and turn him into the kind of ruined creature he wants to portray you as being.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I fucking get it, you know? And when she cast this love spell, I was like, get him destroy him. I was yeah. very hyped to see it. Ideologically, bad idea, but you know what? Sometimes I feel stuff that's different from the stuff I think.
0: <laughs> Occasionally I'm callous and strange, and that's just what's what's up. Like, So she casts the love spell, and then with those big brown puppy eyes, he starts following her around and being like, hey, I woke up this morning and inexplicably, I'm fucking obsessed with you. And all of his friends are like, hey, why are you acting like a total donger? And he's like, "Uh." Ah.
1: Skittle Rick does a great job of selling this, uh-huh. where he looks completely sincerely into it. At no yeah. point is he shaking his head Oh going, I, I, I don't understand what I feel. He's just like, no, you know what? I care about you. I want to do right by you. Mm-hmm. I want to life with you. I want to live with you. I want to climb inside your skin. Yeah. And who doesn't feel that way about the
0: person who they love? Absolutely right. Well, and Skeet Ulrich also, like, he, uh, honestly, the the economy Johnny Depp. I'm, I'm always pleased when they couldn't get Johnny Depp for a role and they get, you know, bad boyfriend Skeet Ulrich because He, I feel like he always commits. You know what I mean? Like, and especially in the craft, he is 100% a shit bastard, and then he's a moon dope following around Sarah Bailey until his rotten legs fall off.
1: He is all the way here. He is in this movie 100%, and I love it.
0: Yeah. Uh, Um,
1: So other magic works really great. Nancy, having wished for power, is frustrated. Um, Fruza Balk is really bringing the... All of your spells are stupid and vain, and what I want is the full power of the entire cosmos.
0: Right, which is uh, personified by a god called Menel.
1: Who, you know, predates uh, Yahweh and Satan, who predates everything, who is in the wind and the sea, who's like a very elemental, the, the ultimate original god. And that's the power that Nancy wants. Nancy's like, give me that. Which is, again, I think great for someone who in her life is so powerless. If your mother is an alcoholic and your father is a drunk. Right. And you've been trying to... Uh, part of her backstory is that she's a huge slut. Right. And everyone's like, oh, you're a slut. And she's like, yeah. Right. Um, You know, part of her backstory is that. And that's also a way that teen girls try to claim power mm-hmm. when they don't have it. And so that didn't work. And now everyone just makes fun of her for having intercourse with people. Right. Um, and she's like, all right, well, fuck it. Give me the power of, you know, whatever makes lightning happen. Well,
0: and it's a really fucking dope line as well, uh, of, uh, where they're talking about Manon, and, you know, she, and so Nancy is like, look, if God and Satan are, like, opposing football teams, Manon is the field they're playing on. Like, I love that as the idea of, like, no, no, this is, like, Manon is, like, getting to see the source code Of the universe and then getting to tap into that Um, Now the thing is I also I grew up on um, So as a white bread uh, megachurch kid Every single one of the narratives I got about witchcraft growing up were like it's scary It's bad there was this series uh, by the dude who did McGee and me called forbidden doors and I know right and the first one is um, This uh, you know these these teens get into witchcraft and it's you know They get it over their heads and they don't know what they're fucking around with and really it's satan and I really like that the craft is not didactic about witchcraft as a concept. Like, it's not, I, I feel like at no point is it saying magic is bad and you should never do it.
1: No, magic is actually presented as really beautiful when the girls are doing it thoughtfully, right? Yeah. They they bond each other together in sisterhood, and then there's this beautiful, like, rain of leaves and butterflies that's, you know, really lovely. Mm-hmm. Um the issue that they end up with is that they get power mm-hmm. and then they have power and three out of four of them are like, awesome. Yeah. Great. I don't want to think about this at all. And Sarah Bailey, classic overthinker, can't relate, Right, is like, hey guys, maybe we want to think about this because I'm starting to notice that uh, uh, Skeet Ulrich is going insane. Um, <laughs> and the other girls are like, Fuck off, like you're a killjoy. Right, right, right. You know, uh, they're all they're all getting what they want. Um, uh, Rachelle, what's the the actress's name? Oh, Rachel True. Rachel True. Rachel yeah. True is, you know, her bully starts losing all of her hair and is very traumatized by that. Very pleasing to behold.
0: Which, yeah, which I, I'm, it's also weird to me that they like they want Rochelle to like they're portraying her as feeling bad about this racist asshole's hair falling out, and it's like that's the worst thing that's gonna happen to you is you lose your hair. Like, what are we doing?
1: Yeah, I feel like they, they needed to moralize a little bit, but honestly, like, balled that bitch up. She's terrible. Yeah, talk shit can hit. Um, Nev Campbell's burn scars all go away. She has smooth skin, and she turns into a huge...
0: Yeah, and she's, like, full of herself, because it's, she's like, what, do you think you look like 1996 Nev Campbell or something?
1: <laughs> she starts wearing, like tank tops and like looking at people and making eye contact and Sarah Bailey is like, a huge like whoa calm down yeah but the real issue is for the bulk who
0: is they, wilding
1: they do she gets she does get her stepdad has a heart attack and die they get a big life insurance settlement and move into a
0: like halacial,
1: gorgeous apartment um but she's not satisfied she still wants the actual power of men on in her so they do this big spell about it mm-hmm. she gets hit by lightning when the camera wakes up again mm-hmm. uh, she is walking on water and there's a bunch of dead sharks
0: it fucking kicks ass it's so <laughs> cool like and she's just like hey look at this shit dead sharks and like there are people like walking along like there are like cops and stuff walking along the beach like that's a fucking lot of dead sharks she's just like lol I'm walking on water <laughs> And it's great. It's great. Um, and... It's
1: fucking odd. like I'm. I want to take a second to acknowledge the incredible practical effects of those sharks mm-hmm. because they look so real. Uh huh. Um, and they've got little puppy mouths like sharks do.
0: Yeah, like little colon threes.
1: And you really feel sad for these sharks. You know, normally in a in a picture like this, you see a dead shark and you're like, "Yeah, fuck you. You eat surfers." But I, you know, seeing these sharks on this beach, it felt like oh, this is really sad. And then, when Farooza Balk is like, Woot, I killed all these sharks for you. (laughs) You're like, oh, this is not a good sign.
0: Well, and also, let's, I mean, let's acknowledge a thing here. Nancy is in love with Sarah Bailey. Like, those, I feel like this, there's a huge, like, Michael David from Lost Boys thing between the two of them, where, like, mostly they're obsessed with each other. Like, there's other stuff going on, but throughout the movie, I feel like, Nancy especially, um, she wants Sarah Bailey's approval so much. And, like, the moment that, uh, Sarah Bailey is like, hey, Farouza Balk, I think you might be acting like a crazy asshole. Like, that's when Farouza Balk, like, this is a rejection that Nancy kind of can't deal with.
1: No, she definitely needs, like, universal approval, um... And love in addition to power. She wants to deserve the power that she has. And, Mm -hmm. you know, she really freaks out when Sarah Bailey is like, Hey, uh, you're really being insane. Would you want to talk about it and think about it? All three girls are like, okay, bye. (laughs) Shut up,
0: Sarah Bailey. Um, Uh,
1: They totally bail on her. um, But then she almost gets raped by Skeet Ulrich because he's so in love with her, which is, like, kind of a weird choice.
0: Yeah, I'm not crazy about it.
1: Like, I get that this movie needed to make it clear that the love spell didn't just have consequences for him, but she's already an empathetic character, I didn't really see it Like, someone who actually loves you isn't gonna rape you about it?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel
1: like there's, like, a little weird message there. They're like, oh, I made him love me too much.
0: Well, and this... I think Buffy the Vampire Slayer did a similar thing with the episode where um, Xander does a spell to try to make people, like, uh, make himself popular. And then all of the women in town are like in love with him and then also chasing him with like pitchforks and torches like if i can't have you no one can like they're ready to murder him like it's a
1: very weird thing that happens a lot i think in magical love narratives Mm -hmm. where it's like oh the love is so powerful that they are gonna hurt you about it and it's like oh that's a real abusive narrative that i don't for.
0: So, okay, so he, you know, he attempts that, and she manages to get away, and and she's, like, sobbing, running through the woods, and she manages to get to her coven, and uh, does she tell them what happened?
1: Yeah, she tells them what happened, and they're like, uh we're going to take care of this, and she's like, <clears throat> maybe no. And then, of course, Fruzabalk is like, yeah, I'm going to go do some shit. And she shows up at this... uh Actually, I think a pretty great 90s teen house party because mm-hmm. there's not like a fucking DJ yeah. and a keg and people, I don't know, like making out with bongs in dark corners.
0: It doesn't look like a Spencer's Gifts uh, vomited into a house.
1: Yeah, it's not that I ever went to parties as a teenager. Oh, certainly but not. if I had, I imagine they would have been more like this with like the lights on and people drinking and hanging out. And some people are making out, and it's fine.
0: Some some music playing softly, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: So she, Nancy uh, Fruza shows up at this party and glamors herself to look like Sarah
0: Bailey. Sarah Bailey,
1: which ironically, uh, author Bo Bolander and I have done to each other several times.
0: So are are, are you saying that you are the Sarah Bailey to Bo's uh, Nancy, or are you the are you the Nancy to Sarah Bo's Bailey, or to Bo Bolander's Bailey?
1: You know, that's a very binary thinking of you.
0: Sarah Bailey. I tried it you, no it. you nailed it I did I, you did. Did. I did great uh,
1: so Nancy glamors herself to look like Sarah Bailey and is like hey Chris have sex with me and he's like really and she's like yeah and,
0: and he's like okay okay I don't question anything <laughs> and he you know he goes for it and then Sarah Bailey walks into the room and it cuts to her and cuts back and it's uh, Nancy's face like lol gotcha and he stumbles off of her and w- this scene fucking rules. So
1: good. Oh my God.
0: It's amazing. We
1: got levitation.
0: Yeah, like I, that's the shot I think of when I think of the movie The Craft is like her badass witch boots dragging along the carpet as she f- levitates toward bad boyfriend Rick.
1: That is a, that that is one of the most harrowing images it's such a good horror image because she's not levitating so far off the ground that her feet are swang dangling around looking right. stupid like she's swimming in midair. They're just dragging along the floor. It's terrifying. Yeah,
0: like she's being like pushed forward by the force of her own fucking rage. And, you know, he's you know, he's like, oh, I'm sorry. And then Frusa fucking just starts yelling, like, he's sorry, he's sorry, he's sorry. And like her head is whipping around. And she blasts bad boyfriend Skeetle Rick out the window from, like, what, three stories up or something? Two stories?
1: Uh, enough stories up that he is a pancake.
0: Yeah, he's Road Pizza. And Sarah Bailey's like, dude, what the fuck? And Frozenbalk is like, lol, nice.
1: <laughs> Frozenbalk is like, we did it! And <laughs> hey! Then, and uh, Sarah Bailey is like, I don't prefer this.
0: <laughs> Boy, we sure have done the murder.
1: So this really, like, cements the coven falling apart. Yeah. Sarah Bailey is like, I don't want any part of this. You guys are are killing folks and that's not ideal to me. And she does this binding spell that's like very benevolent to train, it's that she's trying to prevent Nancy from doing harm to herself or others. Which is great. I really like that. I like that it's like you won't hurt yourself and you won't hurt anybody else for yeah. caring.
0: Yeah, you're trying to kind of like nerf what's going on like all right buddy let's let's get you a cab home. Yeah. Like you're you're no good for you know, you're you're no good to yourself right now. Let's
1: Yeah, but it sure don't work.
0: Which is also weird that it's a murder that makes the coven fall apart cuz this is a coven that like the basis of their friendship is very much that they think they all murdered the snake man.
1: Well, you know, like it's 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 how that saying goes like one murder forms a friendship two murders ends a friendship like
0: justice for snake man
1: three murders and then you're married and
0: then you're married yeah in the state of california yes.
1: yeah yeah it's a it's i think at that point it's considered a common law
0: it's yeah common law it's yeah legally binding um so that happens and she she does the spell being like you know trying to to stop um nancy from from hurting anyone and then nancy and uh rochelle and bonnie all sort of uh astral project into sarah bailey's dream and like menace her and like fly through the window and fucking harass her in her dreams which is not ideal and then the next day uh in the the girl's bathroom um the coven uh bursts into uh the bathroom stall where sarah bailey is which by the way they t- they took a real risk on that one
1: yeah, cuz you never know exactly that the person you think is in that bathroom stall is going to be in there.
0: Yeah. And also, Sarah Bailey could have been taking a shit at that exact moment and then
1: uh, if she wasn't before they burst in, she was after. It
0: was upsetting.
1: Um so they're like, you know, "Hey, we're mean now." Right. And she's like, "Please don't be mean now." And they're like, "No, we are."
0: Oh yeah, no, no we're 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 going to.
1: And they like gently threaten to kill her and she's like, "Uh-oh."
0: <laughs> they, "Whoa-oh."
1: And then uh, you know they do they do all this magic to fuck with her. She gets home. There's these snakes everywhere and bugs everywhere and rats everywhere, and they uh, make her think that her stepmom and dad, who we met one time before in the movie, mm-hmm. a deeply um, central
0: part of this film.
1: They make her believe that they died in a plane crash. And then they're trying to get her to commit suicide, which is the thing that she tried to do before.
0: Right, which connects back to the thing of like and, and they they even remark on it earlier with like, wow, you like like Nev Campbell is like admiring her work, looking at the scars, like, wow, you even did it the right way.
1: Which I feel like is a it's a very teenager joke. Teenagers love making jokes about which direction you're supposed to cut yourself.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That classic uh that yeah. classic gag.
1: So they're trying to get her to kill herself. You got a fucking awesome like fighty chasey through the house ease scene, candles everywhere for dark um sarah bailey is being like oh i hope they don't find me here and they're like we're gonna find you everybody's levitating
0: (laughs) right there's so much levitation and so many candles and then so she uh sarah bailey um gets her uh, wrists uh gouged by nancy who sort of just like like what she swipes at them with a knife i think
1: uh, yeah, I think, yeah, I think it's a knife, and she just does a little shwup, and...
0: Yeah, like, it's, it's like swiping a credit card, really.
1: Yeah, something I love is that it's not a big dramatic gout, but the blood loss is still obvious and, and a lot. Right. Um, you know, it, you don't need to have Tarantino sprays in order for someone to be dying from blood loss, and we get to see that... Yeah. ...here.
0: And so she, you know, runs back up through the house, and, you know, she's bleeding, and then she, like, sort of calls out to her mom? Who is a witch? And is kind of like, hey, mom, how's it going? I am having a shit day. This has completely ruined my Saturday. Um, and then so Rochelle and Bonnie and uh, Nancy are all downstairs in this palatial place being like, so is she dead yet? I don't know. And so Nancy being the, uh, the Napoleon of this group is like, go up there and check. And so they go up and they're like, well, whatever. And uh, both of their insecurities... Um, sort of resurface?
1: Yeah, they're looking in a mirror and Sarah Bailey is like, Show them what they really are. And you get to see Rochelle's hair falling out the same way that that Reese's Monster's hair fell out. Mm-hmm. And you get to see Nev Campbell all covered in burn scars again, and both of them are like, No We might be ugly. I look like Nev
0: Campbell in nineteen ninety
1: six. And so they run out of the house. They're like they're too spooks, they're gone. Yeah. And it's just Sarah Bailey and Feruza Balk. Yeah. And this is this is the part where I think the movie gets difficult. Mm-hmm. Because you know that Feruza Balk is a bad guy and she's doing really bad stuff, but right. like she's awesome.
0: I fucking love her. Like she I think that's one of the things that I, I find weird about this movie is like this movie wants me to root against Feruza Balk who is 100% the most engaging and fun part of this movie.
1: I can see that being the case if this movie was different totally everywhere else. Because, you know, these kinds of films love to say, hey, that teen girl who wants power, who has feelings, who is messy, who Mm -hmm. doesn't style herself to please you. Like, she's evil and you need to root against her. Right. But the whole entire rest of this movie is like, hey, no, actually, teen girls are awesome and should have power. I see an argument probably between the... Like direction and screenwriting, and the Mm -hmm. production ends.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's what the script is telling you versus what the screen is telling you. Yeah. And especially because the script, I mean, I don't know, like the bit where uh, there's honestly, I think one of my favorite moments in this thing is where uh, Nancy and her mom are talking to uh, a lawyer after uh, the shitty husband dies. Uh, but because he's, like, you know, got a pretty sweet gig or whatever, like, the, the payout is, like, what? Just a lot of money. And they're both just, like, screaming with joy in front of this lawyer who's trying to, like, maintain. And, like, okay. Um, but, yeah, like, Nancy, I think it's, for me, that it wants, it's sort of, like, you know, yeah, having power and, and opportunities and autonomy is good. But not too much, because you'll get drunk on it, and you'll be a dick, and you'll try to murder your friend.
1: And, you know, not if you aren't already super stable. Um, which yeah. is a little bit, like, hermeneutic. Like, it's, you know, yeah. you've got to get your house in order before you can host power. But also, it's like, fuck you. Nancy's awesome. Mm-hmm. She deserves everything. Um, but the movie's like, no, she's bad. So, yeah, she's bad. She keeps on trying to kill Sarah Bailey. Um, and Sarah Bailey invokes Menon, which is the thing that, Nancy invoked before she killed all those sharks.
0: Right. he She basically goes over uh, Nancy's head to speak to the district manager of magic <laughs> and Manon is like oh I don't like that. Sh- I don't care for this shit at all.
1: We've got a great confrontation scene where you know Nancy walks into a room and she's looking for Sarah Bailey's dead body and she can't find it and then she looks into a mirror and then Sarah Bailey bursts out of the mirror because magically she was inside the mirror. Yeah
0: dude. Love I Love that. I love a bursting out of a mirror gag.
1: Oh it's Great, because there's not supposed to be anything behind a mirror, but surprise.
0: I mean, Candyman. You know. Yeah. Nothing's supposed to be going on back there.
1: Nope. mm -mm. Watch out for that medicine cabinet. Um,
0: And there's a great line where, you know, Sarah Bailey is like, hey, so I spoke to your buddy Mano and you're in deep shit because he gave you power and you're being a fucking donger about it and hurting people. So Mano is pretty pissed off about it. And I think the idea is that Mano like throws, it's their, his, it's hers? they're they're like
1: his because they use he him pronouns throughout the movie
0: and putting man and man on makes sense it's gay super gay uh and man is like you know what i'm just gonna i'm gonna back a different horse in this fight and uh sarah bailey is my candidate and so you know gives sarah a bunch of power they basically have the the gandalf saruman fight for like five minutes where they're just like flinging each other into shit
1: yeah slamming each other into everything it's great we get to see uh Sarah Bailey disguises herself as a pile of laundry. Um, <laughs>
0: Which is a power move.
1: Yeah, very pleasing. Uh-huh. And finally, uh, she manages to do the thing. She, like, fucks up Nancy. Uh-huh.
0: Um, and she basically, like, breaks her brain, I think?
1: Yeah, well, I think that... Okay, so the, the way this movie ends is that Sarah Bailey's fine. Her parents turn out to be fine. Um, you know, Nancy gets uh gets defeated uh bonnie and rochelle are scared off yeah and the like the end of this movie we get to see bonnie and rochelle who don't have magic powers anymore being like can we have our powers back and sarah was like no
0: yeah they, they come back like hat in hand like hey if you ever want to call the corners Again, that'd be cool, because we don't have any powers anymore, and, like, I know we tried to, like, murder you in your home. Oops. I know we did that goof where we made you think your parents were dead. That was, ah, dick move. I know. I know.
1: Um, And she, you know, is like, no, you can't have your powers back, and they start being bitchy, and she does a cool trick where she, like, invokes some wind and makes a tree branch fall down. But then we get to see the person who we really care about. Right. who's Who's in an insane asylum.
0: Like an old-timey, like an Edwardian insane asylum.
1: She is strapped down to a bed, thrashing and screaming like crazy. And again, delivering a yeah. stellar performance.
0: She's give, she's serving face. She's serving uh, voice. Like, she's just out here screaming. And also, this makes me think of the fact that for Zabalk, my first exposure to her was the movie Return to Oz, where she is also strapped down to a gurney in that movie
1: you know what? Getting cast for type worked out in this situation. It really
0: did. Good for her. Uh, and so basically the, the idea is that like power drove her crazy and she's hallucin. She's just like tripping balls forever now and thrashing around in bed. And that's, yeah.
1: Well, that, that's the thing is you were saying that um, Sarah Bailey breaks her brain and I think it's that, that absence of power breaks her brain. I think she has all this power and she has mm. to hollow out her brain to make room for it.
0: Because
1: mm-hmm. um, she's talking when she gets the powers, you know, she's like, I can feel him in my head. Right. And then when he's Gone. She's spent.
0: So her head so her brain is like a sad dad bachelor apartment after Manon left.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think that's the deal.
0: Yeah. Uh that checks out.
1: What do you think about this movie?
0: <sighs> I fucking love this movie. I think, um I, I, I feel like there's something about the fact that the actor who plays Sarah Bailey, whose name is Robin Tunney, um, which I can't think of anything else Robin Tunney's really been in. Yeah, I'm sure she's been in stuff. Like, she's she's got one of those faces. She kind of... Okay, the mentalist she was in. She was in Prison Break. Encino Man, classic. Uh, she's She's been in stuff.
1: You know, listen, she's doing a perfectly respectable job, but...
0: She... Oh, fuck. Empire Records. She had the shaved head in Empire Records. It's Empire Records sucks. It's like grace for Gen Xers. It's, it's very bad. Um, love that movie, though. Uh, but The Crafts, it's... I, I feel sort of, I feel some kind of way about the fact that Robin Tunney has sub, such subdued energy and she's opposite a goddamned Bulk.
1: Do you feel like the movie is saying something about who should be allowed to have access to power and who shouldn't? Like, like you know, she's very accessible. She's very friendly. She's very level. Mm-hmm. She's very thoughtful. And Fruza Bulk is the opposite of all those things. of Bulk is yeah, yeah. nine pounds of crazy in a four-pound bag. Yeah,
0: she's crazy as the day is long, and I feel like she even cops to that at one point before her brain gets all hopped up on Manon, where she's like, look, I know I'm kind of a crazy asshole, <laughs> which I, th- I-, I love as an admission from Nancy that, like, look, I know that I am crazier than a football bat, but aren't I charming, though? Like, we're friends. You like being friends with me.
1: And listen, we've all got friends like that. We've got friends who are, you know, totally bananas, uh-huh. and... Also, we're like, you probably shouldn't wield institutional authority.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, well, I mean, I, and I think you also, um, there's, there's something about the fact that, like, uh, Nev Campbell and Rachel True, they kind of, I feel like they don't have much to do in this movie.
1: No, they're there. Well, yeah. Which, they are present.
0: Like, it's, it's sort of fine. Like, they're there, you know, to sort of buffer things. But I feel like Nev Campbell is the idea, like, oh, you know, like, don't get, uh, too high on your own supply and start believing in yourself too much because then you'll murder your friend. Hi, Tinkerbell. So she is shambling off of the couch right now. Okay, go on. Very slowly, you like a like a cow whose legs have fallen asleep. There Good we go. Job. Proud of her. I, I how do how do how do you feel about the craft?
1: I mean, I fucking loved it. Yeah, I think it smacks ass. Um,
0: <laughs> smacks ass.
1: Um I've really enjoyed it. I love how honest it is to a lot of magic philosophy, like
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know you've. There's problems with a lot of the way the stuff is presented, but you do have the thing of how, like, you shouldn't pursue power for the sake of power. Yeah. Um. You, you know, shouldn't use your magic to hurt people. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got the threefold law getting, like, the girls are, are doing magic, but they don't know very much about it. So mm-hmm. then when someone says, hey, everything that you send out will come back to you times three, they're like whatever. Hope that doesn't come true.
0: You know what it is? This is like an HR training video for Wicca. Exactly. <laughs> like, you you just see, like, a classroom full of witches, like, alright, so what did Rachel True do wrong here? <laughs> and everyone gets to see, like, oh, she didn't follow the law of threefold return.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the problem. Oh,
0: see, there's, oh, the Wiccan read, and ye harm none do what ye will. See, they're, they're doing the harming. So there's, your, there's a problem.
1: I also really love this movie's focus on balance. You've got, you know, these girls can't invoke men on until they've got Four people, and they need... Each each one of them is connected to a different element. Mm-hmm. So Rochelle is all about water. Uh, Fruza Balk is into fa. Fi- no, uh Nev Campbell is into fire. Which oh, is which makes up sense because of all the scars. The burn
0: scars. It is fucked up. What right? the fuck?
1: But also, you know, good for her. Yeah. Fruza Balk is air, which She's is probably why she picks up levitation so fast. And then, of course, uh Sarah Bailey is... Earth, and she's got all this connection to the Mother, right? Like, Earth Mother being a big thing in a lot of magical circles. Um, she's very grounded as a person.
0: Oh, and Rochelle is also a swimmer. I just didn't realize that. She's yes. water, and she does the whole thing with the pool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. Um, it's, it's like Captain Planet, in a way.
1: And when they're all together doing spells, the spells are really lovely and powerful. And mm-hmm. when they split off to do a spell, just two of them, or just one of them, or they don't agree about the the... The spells that they're working and they don't all agree. It's gonna get gross. Hang on, I should let her drink that water mm-hmm. and then.
0: We're... <laughs> I kind of want to leave this in actually, because <laughs> we're like waiting for her to stop slurping that water, and it's just not. Tinkerbell. Man.
1: She's so hydrated. It
0: sounds like a gerbil caught in a pool drain. <laughs>
1: You should put this clip at the very end.
0: Oh, fuck. After
1: the sign, I'll feel like here's some bonus footage of Tinkerbell drinking water. She is parched. Tinker... Oh, no. <laughs> nope, One nope. More. Thought she was done. Doing more. Are you...
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was like watching a buffalo drinking from a pond.
1: Jesus Christ.
0: Incredible. All right. Okay,
1: so anyway, when they're not all in agreement about the spell that they're working, um things go awry. Mm-hmm. and when they fall apart, the balance gets unbalanced. Ugh, okay, that, sorry guys my brain isn't doing it. No, it's
0: great. we just you but listen.' We're, we're dealing with a lot.
1: When they fall apart, they become unbalanced. and so their work becomes unbalanced when you don't have the stabilizing force of earth. Mm-hmm. and air has all the power. You know, things get crazy real fast and people make bad choices. Because
0: it's floating around. It's not fixed to anything. It's just, yeah. you know, you're, you're levitating in a really fucking dope shot before you murder Skeet Rick.
1: It's fucking cool, but also, like, you know. You know. Um, so I do really love that. I, In loving this movie, I choose to just ignore the, like, teen girls shouldn't have power mm-hmm. messaging. In part because I think that messaging is kind of undone by the fact that Sarah Bailey gets to keep her powers at the end. She still has them.
0: Yeah, and you kind of never totally get to I, I don't know. Like I, I feel kind of annoyed that it's never really explained why uh Rochelle and Bonnie lose their powers. Oh, she does. A, uh, Sarah
1: Bailey does a binding.
0: I mean, you can do a binding, but like does that mean you you know, that if you can't do harm, that's different from not being able to like spin a pencil on a desk?
1: I mean, she does that binding to freeze a balk, but Also, I'm guessing that, like, Menon was probably pissed at everybody. He's probably like, all right, you three, time out.
0: He took away their murdering privileges.
1: Yeah, and you know, oh, well.
0: Yeah, and that's that's tough love. Um, So looking at the list, all right, my question for you. Looking at another uh, teen monster classic, at number 39, we have The Lost Boys.
1: Oh, this is better than The Lost Boys. Oh,
0: definitely. (laughs) Even
1: though it lacks a greased-up saxophone hunk.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: I think I, I want to go further up the list than that I think it's better than Hocus Pocus no shit I do I do I, I love Hocus Pocus so much oh sure but this movie has more heart uh-huh. Hocus Pocus is a movie where we really need to be invested in whether or not a teen boy is going to get his dick wet
0: which is a a, a a choice that a lot of movies make and it's just yeah. weird
1: it's and the weird. craft is so much more about it's about friendship but it's also really about power and what you do with it
0: mm-hmm. alright here I we think go I has got more to say agree now here's the heavy hitter Poltergeist is at number 28. I I, I feel like I want to advocate for Poltergeist, just because I feel like the, they, they both have really good emotional cores, but the emotional core of Poltergeist to me is so... It's like the gold standard for me in like getting on board with characters and wanting them to be okay.
1: Oh, yeah, and Poltergeist effects are better, I think.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, You know, you don't have Farooza Balk, but you do have the person who I thought Farooza Balk was...
0: In Poltergeist? The...
1: the little...
0: Oh, 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 Zelda Rubenstein.
1: Zelda Rubenstein. For Holy a long fuck, time... that's
0: such a different energy. <laughs>
1: for a long time, whenever <laughs> you would say the name for Ruza Balk, my brain would supply Zelda Rubenstein.
0: I'm, I'm gonna fuck your boyfriend. <laughs> like, it's just Zelda Rubenstein. Okay, but what if the craftman Zelda Rubenstein is Nancy? Hell yeah, <laughs> we're gonna murder your child. We're gonna
1: invoke men on <laughs> child. <laughs>
0: Fuck. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I feel like I wanna, I wanna give the, the edge to, to Poltergeist. Um, right below that is the Orphanage, uh, which I don't think you've seen. It's a, a super slow burn uh, British horror movie that's really, really good. But I honest, love
1: scary orphans.
0: I love scary orphans. Love scary orphanages. But I feel like between the two of those, I want to give the edge to The Craft just because it's so fucking. It's, it's so. Unbelievably entertaining. Like, even if there are parts of it that don't quite add up or don't quite, there's a consistency that's not there. At no point am I bored during the runtime of the movie The Craft.
1: Not for one second. So, uh, yeah. I think we found it.
0: I feel pretty good about that. So, yeah, so coming in at our new number 29, uh, Above the Orphanage and Below Poltergeist from 1982 is The Craft. Uh,
1: Featuring Sarah Bailey. (laughs)
0: Sarah Bailey. Bailey. So, Sarah Gailey, uh, where can our listeners find you on the internet?
1: I'm on the internet, uh, mostly on Twitter and Instagram, at Gailey Frey. That's Gaily, like my last name, F-R-E-Y. And yes, it is a Doctor Who reference from old times. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also go to my website, www.sarahgailey.com. And you can sign up for my newsletter, which is dope as hell, yeah, at is. sarahgailey.substack.com. You can also find me on bookshelves near you. Uh, my... Most recent book, Upright Women Wanted, about queer spy librarians on horseback in the near future, fascist-controlled Southwest, came out a month ago, and in a week, I'm dying, uh, When We (laughs) Were Magic comes out, which is my YA debut. It's about a group of teen girl best friends who have magic powers and have to come together when one of them accidentally murders a boy on prom night in an attempt to lose her virginity. Um, It has been compared a lot to the craft. I have now seen the craft and can verify that it has a lot of those vibes and you will be able to purchase it anywhere books are sold including indiebound.com if you want to support independent booksellers and all the other places also.
0: Yeah. I'm I'm also now headcasting the uh, the the boy who gets his dick exploded at the beginning of it as bad boyfriend Skeetle Brick. Always at all times. Um, Rank and Vile, uh, guys, you can find us on Twitter at RankinVileCast and on Tumblr at JustRankinVile and on Instagram at JustRankinVile. Uh, if you have a movie that you want us to do or talk about, you're going to want to send that to either RankinVileCast at gmail.com or put it in our Ask box on Tumblr. Um, guys, we are on Stitcher, we are on Last.fm, we are on all manner of platforms. Uh, guys, uh, if you... Uh, like what we do here on Rankin' Vile, which by the way, this is the first episode in like a month, so it is wonderful to be back and 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 talking about bullshit with you guys. If you like what we do, uh, consider leaving us a five-star review on iTunes. Uh, it would really uh, help us to get our uh, t- uh, Skeet Ulrich takes out there, which is ultimately the most important thing we could, we could do. Uh, but that is about all I got. Have a good week, folks.